Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest is winging away all the way from the Pacific coast, Ivo Trees Littles. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I should say, we you're, you're one of my... Um, one of my rarer guests, but one what what my favourite part of having a podcast is that I reached out on the social medias and said, "Hello, mm-hmm. would you like to do a podcast?" <laughs> and you not you not being too terrified of that introduction went, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> I, I was um, I was like, "Wow, you know when when you contacted me, I was like, all the way, I was British. Oh, this is awesome." <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm reaching overseas. This is this is cool. Well, yeah. Well, you caught you caught my attention with horror movies and beyond, which is which, oh. is, which is. I'm just Thank following you. you on the on the Instagrams and stuff. So, do you want to tell us a bit about that and about your your fa- your horror fandom and what. And, and I should say, even more recently, just looking at some of your tweets, it's sort of trying to get the uh, the female horror filmmaker up up the charts and in people's in people's in front of people's eyeballs as well. Horror movies and beyond. Um, you know, I try to make it like friendly for everyone. You know, it doesn't specifically go for a certain group. It's for everyone. And I really wanted to focus on the positivity of horror uh, because it has helped me get through a lot of things. And it's not just all blood and guts, which it, it is kind of <laughs> blood and guts and slashers and, and horror icons, but horror is supposed to be it has always been a family thing growing up for me and and I just wanted to make sure yeah it's supposed to scare the hell out of you 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 know you're supposed to you know turn off all the lights and have your snacks and watch it by yourself or watch it with a friend or a group of people and that's what I did growing up and it was always you know you know screams and hollerings and you're scared and locked doors but it's supposed to entertain it is fun at the same time so I kind of really want to push that, um, that, you know, some media have said, oh, because of something happens, oh, they watched horror films. You know, this is why they're killers because they watch horror films. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's a different type of a situation with them. But horror is make believe it's fun. It's creative. And, you know, growing up in the eighties, I, I've seen it, 80s and 90s, excuse me, I, it, it has always been, you know, very just entertaining and fun, you know, and and I just really want to push that with horror movies and beyond. And I started with a blog at first, just writing and talking to all kinds of uh, actors and actresses and, and, and um, uh, conventions and stuff like that. But when I, I kind of went to horror um kind of uh, kind of stepped into the horror world like a couple of years ago because that was something I grew up with and I was more comfortable with and um and it kind of just went from there and not only do I do movie reviews I also talk to um celebrities actresses writers directors because they all need recognition as well not just talking about the movie I like to know the facts I like to know why you chose this and doing that. So I started recently doing that, uh, a live stream on my Instagram where I start talking to actresses and, 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 um, have you, other... and in that sense, then have you managed to, uh, you managed to snaffle some of your heroes then to speak to. Uh, you, yes. 
And it's hard because I'm a huge fan too. So it's like, I have to be professional and I want to just like geek out, but, (laughs) but I have to, you know, keep my composure so I can talk to them. And it's very tough because I just want to be like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I love your, you know, your, your movies and things like that. But I do that after. Who was your, uh, who was your last one where you were a bit jelly, jelly legged about being too much of a fan girl and then, you know, yell it together. Who was that? Who was your last one? Um, I have to say Barbara Crampton was the last one. That that was very difficult. Uh, Barbara Crampton, she did a lot of the, the reanimator um, series. I mean, the reanimator, not the series, but reanimator um, from beyond, um, you know, Chopping Mall. Everybody knows her. And so, um, yeah, that was pretty tough because when you're a little girl, you're watching these and then you, you know, as an adult, you're a fan. And then actually speaking to her, it's like, oh, my God, I'm just like having a regular conversation with her. It, it was uh, it was pretty hard to keep it together. But and I, I felt honored. I felt like, OK, I'm making uh, my name known into the horror community. And they trust me. <laughs> and how and, and then you know? out of that, then how how was interviewing Barbara Crampton then? How was the experience? That that was an amazing experience. Um, we talked about her past projects, her current projects, and as an actress, what she learned acting. So I tried to get a little deeper, and she learned a lot about herself, being patient and stuff like that. And and that I think is important because, yeah, they made these movies, but I for upcoming people like herself, actresses and writers and things like that. They want to know the underlying of what did you get out of it, <clears throat> the difficulties of being in the industry and stuff like this. So they know if you're going through tough times or hit a brick wall, it's okay. Just keep going because I was able to do it. And I think that's important. And that's kind of what horror movies and beyond is. It's not just talking about horror film. It gives people an opportunity to say, yeah, my life is sucking right now. I can't get things right. I'm having white writer's block, but it's okay. You can, you can overcome that and you can get through it and you will make it. You just, it's, it, it's hard to see, <laughs> you know, when, when you feel like the world is crashing down, especially like now with this COVID and stuff like that. And, but you can make it. It, you know, there may be days you crying, maybe days that, you know, everything is going to shit, but believe in yourself, believe that you can do it. And I use horror um, to help people because a lot of people have came to me since I really put the positive on horror and how it helped me overcome some tragedies in my life. I mean, people were saying they got abused. They had, you know, they were alcoholics, they were druggies. And horror helped them come out of it. You know, they started doing podcasts, YouTubes and writing and writing, you know, from their experience in their, their, their scripts and books. And they said, since I said that, they believe it's okay to have that tragedy and use it for their benefit, you know, to, to come out of it and help others. They just never heard it the way I put it. And I was like, oh, okay. But, I think, but it, it, it's, it's it taking, taking action often is is a is is putting is, is literally just putting one foot forward for it's that's how it starts it can't mm-hmm. we don't start ruling the world do we we have to first <laughs> take one step forward don't we and that's yeah. kind of and that's the difficult part but i think once you do that you be like okay 
I'm okay. I'm safe. I can. And now let me put the other foot. Yeah, now yeah. let me keep walking. And then you, you realize you won't even notice that how far you've gone. Well, look, we're going to learn about five films that you've chosen. Before we do, what mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you before we delve into this is, what if you were to sort of go into your memory banks now of that kind of growing up during the 80s, 90s, Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, what, what film is at the root of your horror fandom? If you kind of think of, like, any film you're watching now, what, where can you where can you see the beginning of it? I'll, I'll, for the listeners' benefit, when, when we were still in the locker room, mine was Friday <laughs> the 13th, watching it on my own one night on a bootleg pirate and scaring the bejesus out of me when Jason jump, jumps out the water. So... <laughs> What for you? What for you? Begun your your sort of horror journey, as it were. Well, that's an interesting story. <laughs> I was about between the age of four and five, maybe three and five. Okay, go on. What are you watching at three so, and five? <laughs> well, my parents were watching uh, a movie, and I kept trying to see what it was. You know, they tell me go in the room and play with your toys. You know, they're in the living room, so I kept trying to sneak. You know, I want to see what my parents are watching. You know, I was bored or whatever. So finally, after I kept sneaking, they told me, "Okay, fine, you're going to sit here and watch this movie." Oh, wow. So they sat me down in between them, and I had to watch the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Yes. No way. That's that's a baptism of fire. <laughs> yeah, and the first scene cuz they were already watching it. So the first scene that I remember is when, you know, they press pause on the VHS mm. or could or whatever it could have been at that time. Um and I sat between them and they pressed play. And I remember the scene where Norris um, passes out and they bring him on the table and uh, <clears throat> they were pumping his chest and it opened up, bit the guy's hands off. Here. Yeah, yeah. And Nora's head just slids down the table and goes over there and legs are coming out and it crawls. And that's when, you know, Palmer was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And that is the scene I remember at that age. I was terrified. And then from then on, I guess they figured I was uh, kind of used to watching horror films. So from then on, it was a family thing. We go to the theaters, we go to the drive-ins. I mean, I've seen, you know, Evil Dead. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, the Fly every in the theater hmm. with my family. So, yeah, it, 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 it was normal at that time. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you know, some, everything's, everything's normal in the end. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting then that the, the thing is where you started because – You've chosen five great downer endings. And obviously the thing is not an uplifting, happy, clappy ending, is it, by any stretch? You know, uh, the reason I didn't pick the thing, you know, people, you know, you would think I would pick the thing because I think at the end of the thing, at least for me, obviously there was no happy ending. I mean, the, the total destruction of the camp and and then there was two gentlemen that were just sitting there trying to figure out who is the thing and they just going to have to just figure it out. But I think it kind of had its resolution and it didn't at the same time and nothing traumatic happened at the end to make it a, a downer end. 
it was just two guys sitting there talking and and it just stops. <laughs> so for me, I was like, no, I want something that is just like it ends like so down. Like I needed something that I've recently watched that left a mark. And the thing didn't end like that for me. It was just what happened. <laughs> so that's why I didn't choose the thing. Okay, okay. Well look, well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that. I'll just do the quick rules for people who come into this format for the first time. Five, the five great format is fairly straightforward. We're going to do five films and we'll do five minutes chatter per film. And uh, every time, every time the dog barks, that means that we've got to the end of five minutes. So when pe- when the when the audience hears this, that's the sound of five minutes can being completed and the sound of um, of, of my cue, sorry, to uh, move on to the next film. Uh, You've get I've got I've got the five listed, so I'm going to work my way through them. So I'll announce them for you with a little bit of if I can, if I can think of something else to add, or I may just give you the title, and we'll just start talking about it. Um, it's not I'm not expecting you to monologue and give me a speech. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't worry about that. We're going to have a talk about it um, and maybe pick up on things that you you talk about. And you know, obviously, with it being the downer ending, it's safe to say this is a spoiler podcast. There isn't going to be holding back because we can't really have the discussion unless we spoil it. So sorry, sorry, listener, but uh, <laughs> come back when you've watched the films. They're listed in the show notes. So <laughs> your first choice of a great downer ending is uh, Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars from uh, 1986. Gosh, that that movie is so great. I saw it when I was little and, and I saw it recently. And I even saw the, it, it's actually a remake. So I saw the original as well from 1953. So, but they were kind of definitely a little bit on the same, but you know, some changes of course. But to me, it was just like, okay, this little boy is trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with these aliens in his background and, you know, everything to seem to go to craziness. And then the military got involved and, you know, he had to save his teacher, save his parents. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you feel like the end, like it resolution, like he saved the world before these aliens used this copper that they were trying to harvest for their weapons and stuff like that. And the monsters are just like, oh, you know, they're like huge, but interesting <laughs> arms and legs. And it was like this brain controlling this ship. Um, so it seems like everything was, you know, in the end, you know, everything was going to go right. They put bombs, you know, they were going to blow up the ship. Everything happened. So, so once they got out of the ship running for their lives because a bomb was going to blow up. So it does, it does blow up. And uh, he's like, wow, you know, that, that we won. Then the boy wakes up <laughs> in his bed and it's like, oh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> and you, you feel that sense of, okay, it was all a nightmare. Kids, you know, they have the strangest thoughts, you know, strangest imagination. 
his parents run in there. Oh my goodness. You know, they give him a hug. It was like, Oh, that was such a crazy dream. And the dad tried to explain, Oh, maybe it was just, you know, all the things, you know, you experienced in at school in life. And it just, you know, created this, you know, story in your mind. And he was like, Ooh, okay. Thanks dad. <laughs> so they leave out. And all of a sudden <laughs> the way it began, you know, this lightning and weird lights, this ship come down, but at the end the the ship comes down again with those crazy lights and and you know the lightning and stuff like that he's sitting there like you got to be kidding me (laughs) and it lands in the backyard and he's just like oh my god i can't you know this is real this is real so he gets up runs to his parents he opens the door and then you can hear whatever it sounds like something's munching on them or changing them but we as the audience does not see it but the boy is screaming at the top of his lungs and then it cuts off. <laughs> Leaves yeah, you yeah, there yeah. wondering what the hell was that? But I love, that's one of the endings I just love at the same time. Yes, it's a, it's a you know, it's a downer ending. It's like, okay, okay, I thought this was a dream, but was it a dream? Was he able to predict what was going to happen? Um Maybe it was planted in his head. You know, I, I have no idea. It's one of those endings that everyone has their theories, but I just found it. It was just fascinating and such a great ending. And I love endings that give you the sense of, okay, relief. But at the same time, no, I don't think so. This is a horror film. We're going to give you everything we got. Well, I was going to say, because in, in, in the 50s, for that original version, it would have been... Mm-hmm. The sci-fi was very much that idea of the invading force and inhabiting our bodies and stuff, and we not been able to spot them. Was obviously mm-hmm. a kind of metaphor about the cold, about communism. Yeah, but in nineteen eighty six, we still had the Cold War. So, although it was coming to an end, we were getting towards the the the, the, the finale of that. Is that? <laughs> do you think that still is playing part of the story? The 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 sort of a certainly the American fear of communism taking over America. Um, at that time, I, I I probably believe so, but I also think that he was trying to you know follow this the original story in some way. Uh, like in the fifties, you know, definitely it was during that time where the nuclear everything um, was nuclear, you know. Uh, experiments and things like that so a lot of you know we had you know ufos of course you know space invading it was a lot of invading movies that came and you know godzilla and all this stuff every things are big and crazy and you know them and a lot of movies like that so a lot of invading films there ah. goes there goes pig i told you tell us the show <laughs> i told you uh, uh. It feels like it's so much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, as I as I said, the format goes. So we're going to move swiftly along from 1986 okay. <laughs> to 2008. Matt Reeves, who is now somewhere in Britain shooting the Batman, I think, with uh, Robert Patterson. But back in 2008, he made the groundbreaking Cloverfield. Have you tried maybe calling 911, see if somebody else can get yeah, out? I tried. Okay, well... Cloverfield. I, I 
gosh, when that movie went, you know, no one knew nothing about it. They made it such a mystery. And I think it goes back to that time, you know, during the the giant monsters. So the end of <clears throat> so what's going on? Basically, there's a, a you know group of friends having a party, and some crazy stuff happens, <laughs> and they're trying to figure out is what it, is going new, on. Is it, it's New Year, isn't it? Is it a New Year party? Yeah, um, I think it. If I'm if I'm correctly, I think it is some type of uh, close to a New Year's or I didn't I don't remember it showing a New Year's party, but there was a lot. Of, it was a party going on. Maybe it was a New Year's party, but there was a big explosion. They're trying to figure it out. Then, you know, they're trying to survive. And one guy is like, oh, I got to get to my girlfriend. So they're making this whole trip to try to get to his girlfriend and so many things going on. You got a giant monster. You got these little crabs. You got, you know, them trying to keep they're saying, you know, keep their mind sane of what is really going on around them. Just total destruction. Army is just shooting up everything. And it definitely brings back the 50s of that kind of, especially the movie Them, um, just the military just gone crazy. <laughs> just, we got to get it. We got to shoot it. But anyway, so the end, um, the, you think they have to get to this helicopter. They have to. And you see them almost getting there. And then this monster gets in the way. And then finally they get there. Uh, after losing one of their friends in a terrible way. Um, so they get on that ship, I mean, on that um, helicopter and it flies off. And then and as they're flying off, they could see, you know, the destruction of this, you know, giant creature. And you're thinking, oh, they're finally going to get out of the city and we're going to see, you know, New York just crash down. Well, I don't know. It seemed like they were flying so slow because for me, it just feels like they wasn't leaving fast enough. So then it's like all this smokiness. And then out of the blue, this that monster jumps out, grabs the, the helicopter and then it's going down. It crashes down. And then one of the friends that are, are you know, are filming this entire thing of uh, <clears throat> what their experience, he gets eaten up. <laughs> <laughs> or cut in half by this monster. And they kind of, you know, him and his girlfriend try to run into some kind of a cave or tunnel. And they're just trying to hang on with each other and talk to each other, you know, what's going on and trying to keep it together. And all of a sudden it just like this monster <laughs> or whatever, an explosion. And it just like crashes down. And then all these, just like whatever they were in, just, destroys them or destroy and all you just see is like parts of an image of a camera of them and that was it it's it's one of one of the great one of the greatest tricks the film plays is it gives you the illusion that somehow they're running to there's going to be somewhere safe somewhere if they mm -hmm. can just divert the danger that's immediate the dangerous obstacles that are in front of them and obviously mm -hmm. every time they get past one thing that seems terrifying or, mm -hmm. or life-threatening, they find something else out that's even worse or bigger. Or and 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 Matt Reeves is, is is the way that he does it is that it's not like we're constantly looking at a big monster. It's just this mm -hmm. thing that occupies spaces between buildings and stuff. And you're like, well, if that where's it come from? What is it? And and it's that it's it it shows you it shows you brilliantly how not only did the military go bloody mad shooting their missiles and bullets <laughs> at everything. But we uh -huh. go mad because we don't know what the rules are. I mean, interestingly, <laughs> we've had a pandemic and before we started recording, we're talking about people's inability to accept something as simple as a mask. 
Well, mm-hmm. imagine those the mask wearing people if they were faced with a twenty five story monster. It's sort of mm-hmm. you know, it's like is that, is that how real it has to be before they accept that maybe working together and not everyone for himself is the, is the best way forward. But you kind of get it's because it's New York, isn't it? If it yeah, it's, is it New York, Cloverfield? Is it? Yeah, it's New yeah. York. Yeah. And you know, there's a city that's just densely populated, and then once buildings cease being safe because this thing can knock buildings down, mm-hmm. you're on the streets, and then you're just as exposed to what's going <laughs> yeah. on. So you can't you can't win for losing. It used to be, you know, the poorer you were, the nearer you were the street. But then suddenly, no matter how wealthy you are, being high up on mm-hmm. the penthouse suite saves you from nothing when there's a a huge alien force or whatever whatever it is. Oh, there we go. That's uh, that's Cloverfield's time time a lot gone. Right then, moving. Now this is this is one I didn't know, so I'm glad to be talking about this one. Don't worry about spoiling it for me. Um, this one is uh, stars Nicholas Cage. It's from. Alex Proas, who is who people might know him as the director of The Crow, going back to '94 and uh, Dark City in '98, and then more recently Gods of Egypt, which I hadn't realised until I was sort of reading around before we did this. His parents were Egyptian, which explains probably why oh, wow. he did why he did um, why he got to the gig on Egy- God, Gods of Egypt. If, if an order, I'm sure it's because he can direct as well, like, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure having Paris of Egypt helped him out with the with the pitching deck and everything. But we're not <laughs> going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about the great down ending of Knowing from 2009. Memory of the 2,996 lives that were lost that day. 2,996. Come on. When I first, you know, saw that movie, I was like, okay, I see where they were going. But there's some interesting factors about that. So you meet Nicolas Cage character and all of a sudden he's able to, um, you know, put together some numbers that indicate some tragic things that are going to happen after finding this paper that was in a... um, time capsule or something at his, his son's school or near his son's school um, so, that so, they so it's found. So it's something like a cross between the dead zone and and the almanac from, uh, whatchamacallit, from Break, uh, <laughs> Back to the Future. He's yeah, kind of- yeah, close. <laughs> but I, I, love, I love the idea of that. And so his son, you know, everybody got to pick something out, but his son got a piece of paper with numbers on it. And so, you know, one day while he was drinking, he sat his cup down and was like, oh, some numbers. So he went mad trying to figure out these tragedies, you know, based on the numbers of the dates that was supposed to happen. At the same time, his son and his, uh, I, I guess the a girl that he knew daughter was being visited by some interesting beings or aliens or men. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You can't really make that out. It just looks kind of creepy. But at the same time, his father, I'm not sure. No, at the same, I'm sorry. At the same time, I kind of jumped the gun there. (laughs) Um, The world was overheating. It was doing some weird things, you know, from because of the sun and it was getting closer to the sun or the sun um, 
you know, the projecting out something that was getting too close to the earth. So it, it, it was a lot of things going on at the same time as, as also with these tragedies. But I, that ending was a little weird to me because um, so things were happening and finally he had to let whatever beings take his son, but his son wanted to go with him. Uh, I mean, the the dad wanted to go with the son, but the beings were like, no, <laughs> we're going to take these kids to somewhere else. And he realized that they're not there to hurt the kids. They're taking them away because the earth was going to be destroyed by the sun's, you know, rays or whatever you want to project rays or something so um because it was overheating so they were going to take them away and take them to it looks like kind of an uh an eden place with a tree to procreate and start all over these kids and you're just like well that's kind of weird but because nicholas Cage's character cannot go he decided to go hang out with his his uh, family that he barely talked to (laughs) and the world was like turning red and they burned the hell up (laughs) at the same time. And you're just like the ending. I mean, a lot, a lot of scientists, it it got a bad rap um, kind of because it was like, is that impossible? But it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's a horror film or whatever, but to me, uh, I categorize it as that because, you know, it's pretty messed up. The world is going to burn up. He was trying to save the world from these numbers to find these tragedies. His kids are being kidnapped, taken by some aliens to another planet to procreate and have a good life. It was just like, <laughs> like so much going on. Um, but I loved it. I actually liked so, the film. So, in a, so was, the, was the numbers he was finding, were they sort of evidence of past events? And then he began to see that he could yeah. predict the future with the numbers. Is that what you were seeing? Yeah. There were there were some past events that he realized, you know, 9-11 and, you know, World War, diff, you know, different horrible events that happened. Yeah. But he also was trying to recognize that there were dates on there that has not happened. And then you see a horrible plane crash, I thought was well, I mean, the special effects on that was so, Mm. so really, really good. And then it's like, you know, you seeing animals run from their their lives on flight, you know, they're like flaming. (laughs) Um, Then the train accident was unbelievable. I mean, but he could trying to predict it with the numbers on the piece of paper his son got from a time trial. It was kind of, like far-fetched but entertaining at the same time it's like wow you know okay so he wrote all the numbers and circle what dates and tried to figure it out (laughs) well no i mean it's 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 fairly it's fairly reasonable isn't it to expect that the person that knows the end of the world is coming is gonna is gonna be seen as mad you know it's a bit like (laughs) yeah you know if if you or i had decided to announce that we're the messiah people are gonna (laughs) think we're mad Right then, we're going to uh, we're going to jump forward another year to ten years ago now, and interestingly, I've just been, I've just uh, attended the virtual fright fest, and mm. the third in the frequent in the frequency in the sequence of uh, of this franchise that you're that, that this film began is um, was played played at fright fest. In fact, it closed the festival, 
Um, I'm talking about 2010's Skyline, directed by mm -hmm. VFX duo Colin and Greg, otherwise known as the Brothers Strauss. <laughs> This movie, uh, Skyline, definitely reminded me of, uh, you know, War of the Worlds. Mm -hmm. But there, there was a resolution in War of the Worlds. This one, it, they were up against some alien force, but they, it, it felt like there was no end. So this family, well, this couple is in a Skyline <laughs> apartment. And all of a sudden around them, you know, some strange things started happening and they couldn't they were couldn't figure out what is going on and you see these like alien ships and stuff like that but the aliens would show this light and you were kind of possessed to walk to the light and your face change and stuff like that but you would think that the light was to destroy you hmm. because it really didn't clarify that at the beginning until like towards the end where it just felt like no matter what they did to try to get away, there was it, it felt like it was a wall hitting. They were hitting a wall every step of the way. And you're just like, I don't see how they're going to get away from these aliens because they were massive. They were smart. Hmm. Um, but it did give me a lot of uh, familiar from War of the Worlds. Um, so I was like, OK, maybe they'll find a way. But as the time progressed, in the film, I was like, okay, there's about 20 minutes away and they're still trying to find a way to get away. But then you notice the light was taking these people. Yeah. It was like drawing them up into the ships. And so at the end, you know, cause his girlfriend was pregnant. Um, they, they did whatever they could to, to try to escape. Even the military got involved and they thought maybe they, they, they killed him, but no, it just destroyed the ships. It destroyed everything. Mm. And so they couldn't get, since they couldn't get away, no matter what, they kind of just let the ship just take them. So it draws them up. This light draws them up into the ship. So the girl, they put the girl somewhere and then they put the guy somewhere. But, but before <laughs> then they did, she's like watching him and they, they suck your head and take your brain. And oh, they wow. use it for either nutrition <laughs> or they need to the whatever they need in your brain to help their ship. Okay, so we're we 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 like fuel we're fueled to their to their survival or their onward journey. If I, I can't remember now, it's me yeah, but yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, um, that's kind of what I'm feeling. But the woman they were going to do her too, but they noticed she was pregnant, so they put her at another part of the ship, you know, for whatever reason. But the brain that they took from her, um, from her fiance boyfriend or whatever, his as they're taking it away, his brain glows a different color than everyone else, like Ooh. everybody else's brain. And then it goes into one of the, the organic um, mechanical monsters and he, he actually transformed into the guy. So as he's, then he started fighting other monsters to get to his girlfriend and 
it, he, the the monster is his boy uh, is her boyfriend and so when she finds when he finds her she's That's like oh my right. god but then she realized that is her boyfriend and he's on the ship trying to fight to, to get out i mean it was yeah. i was like okay this is uh <laughs> this is interesting turns into an action flick just like <laughs> I think as I think what it what it shows us um, as a kind of echo of, um, of 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 what we talked about with Cla- Cloverfield is mm-hmm. that for all of our military might across the world, we're not ready for things to come in from some from above, are we? We're not mm-hmm. we're not ready for that because I mean, and it's and it's no coincidence, is it, that um, in in the great pantheon of um, sci-fi films, we will go. There was ET, and ET was really kind. Everything mm-hmm. else came to kill eaters, occupy our body, take over, take our resources, take <laughs> take our children, make us into lizards. You know the list goes on and on, doesn't it? You know it's like we uh, and we're not we're not ready for it. And and I think the the films like Skyline it, it sort of dramatizes that really well. Is that all the systems we have in place, all the instincts we have, don't matter mm-hmm. when the force you're up against isn't human because they're not playing by the same rules that your 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 fight or flight as humans <laughs> is um is different from theirs and that creates an uneven playing field because mm-hmm. the the great thing about it, a lot of these the films that you've you, you've brought up is that they know why they're here we kind of learn a little bit more as we go but we never really clear completely because that mm-hmm. to know everything is isn't as important as the there's a, there's a rule that they say, which is, you know, the how in a film is more important than the what, you know. <laughs> how we get to that downer ending is more important than why we get to that downer ending. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that's the interesting thing. It's like the, the, the thing of, uh, like, humans versus aliens is that we know how to beat other humans because we've had horrible wars. <laughs> and because they think like us, they bleed like us, they hurt like us. Whereas aliens or computer, or AI things or whatever else it might be, their logic is different from ours, and you know mm-hmm. they could be slave slave states and everything. It's uh, you know it's uh, it's fascinating to see. And drama is a drama is a good way of uh, of sort of uh, pointing out some of the frailties in the human condition maybe as well. <laughs> and now this is the, the, your, your final one is is one of my favourites. It was it, this one played at Fright Fest in two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Bettany's uh, greatest fan. Um, because he I had him starring in uh, the, both the Legion and Priest is uh, director Scott Stewart, and it's mm-hmm. one of the. I mean, I think. I mean, the other films we've talked about, you've got you've got the idea of some marauding thing, and it's all present, and 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 you know you're trying to give it the slip, or or or, or you know invaders trying to you know, occupy our bodies, or trying to work out the you know the code to the very fabric of the universe, which is kind <laughs> of a bit of a god complex. Um, and mm-hmm. then you've got Skyline, which is another invading force. This one is like there is n- there is no rhyme or reason why this one family gets singled out, mm-hmm. but they do. And uh, I'm talking about uh, Dark Skies. Either of you heard a ringing in your ears that seems to be happening only inside your head? Yes. Have you experienced any unexplained illnesses, strange allergies or nosebleeds? Yes. Yes. Have you witnessed any abnormal behavior by animals in your neighborhood? Three different flocks of birds flew into our house the other day. 
I would say that qualifies. Have either of you experienced any blackouts, stretches of time that you can't account for? And have you experienced a feeling that you might not be in control of your own body? How do you know all this? You are not alone in this. Wow, when I saw that movie, it actually frightened me. <laughs> and it's a, and it's hard to frighten me, but that one, me and aliens uh, don't get along. <laughs> Um, the other ones I said, like you said, they're they're kind of on a massive scale where this one is directly towards a family. And no matter what they did, they could not figure it out and get away. Mm. Um, so so this family, you know, they're, you know, you know, normal family appears. And so the mom, she goes into the kitchen and notice uh, some weird things going on in the kitchen. And it has that whole poltergeist kind of, thing. <laughs> you know, things are stacked up. So she's not sure, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, poltergeist or something. But then the poor kid, the poor kid who gets the telling off at first, like she thinks the kid's messing with her. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, and then I and then as that was happening, you know, they were kind of blaming the kids like, hey, you're acting out, you know, what is going on? But then they noticed, you know, the door would open, alarms would go off, dogs were barking. Okay, now there may be an intruder. So mm. that kind of progressed. But at the same time, as that progressed, trying to figure out who's entering the home, you see the relationship of the family deteriorate because they're trying to figure out, is it one against the other? Maybe it's one is being weird. And then the son, the younger son um, is starting to um, to show some type of abuse. So now the parent, you know, teachers and stuff like that is, you know, calling social services. People think there's something going on and there's husband and wife against each other. Um, it, you just see the degrading and, um, the, the, the bringing down of that. And so they seek help because now they think, okay, there's something weird is going on. Maybe there's uh, signs of, uh, alien activity. And so they read upon a guy who has similar occurrences that he knows or has happened to him or whatnot. So when they talk to him, it's like, okay, you guys, no matter how broken down you are, you have to be together. So, and protect this younger son because he's starting to, you know, draw pictures of a, uh, of, of a weird little man or whatever. And so they have like cameras in their house to try to capture this. And then you see um, the camera messing up, but then you can see this image of something going through the house and oh my God, they're like terrified. But because they spent so much time looking at one son, they forget another son. So they hit the older son. Um, and so one day um, it, it started going crazy, lights in the house. And so they tried to keep together. But what I find interesting is that this alien, these alien beings were able to manipulate this family thoughts. Mm. So they were seeing one thing, but really something else was happening. So they were protecting a son because they believed that they wanted a, this son, but really <laughs> the older son. So why they spent that time in the room and the alien was manipulating, they end up taking the older son right in front of them. So they're trying to figure out, you know, how did they make that mistake? Now people think they murdered him. Um, it, it was just like all these things you could see the family just, just completely gone in misery and thoughts. So the mom, one day she went through, you know, old boxes and saw pictures of her older son that drew 
the figures from when he was younger. And that's when she realized they never wanted the younger son. It was all manipulation. They wanted the older son. And mm. so at the same time, um, the, 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 the brothers used to communicate using walkie talkies and stuff like that. So they're like, she's like freaking out. And then you can hear the older sons screaming for help on the walkie talkie that they had sitting there. And then it cuts off. <laughs> You're just like, Oh my goodness. Like you did not see it coming. No, you, no. you did not see. And I, I mean, and I watched, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, with, with everything else, it's about the bigger macro problems. And this is, this is about a micro problem. And because mm -hmm. it's so, I guess I'm, I, the only way I can describe it is interdimensional because it's, it's happening on a parallel plane, isn't it? They, 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 they. It's almost like they're living with us, but we can't see them. They can, mm -hmm. they can touch us, we can't touch them, kind of thing. But they're not mm -hmm. bothering anybody else. They've just decided <laughs> it's you. It's like I made a note as we were talking because it struck me that, in a funny way, dark mm -hmm. skies is like the thing crossed with the strangers. <laughs> you know, it's almost like if they could talk to it, they'd be like, "Why are you doing this to us?" Why are you mm -hmm. doing, you know, in the same way? And I just, no, it's uh, it's an amazing piece of uh, horror. And, and I think because, and like you, I was very scared by it. And I've been, every time I go back and rewatch it, it scares me. Well, mm -hmm. do you know what, Avo Trees? That is our five great downer endings. Um, I'm going to recap. Mm -hmm. We've had 1986's Invaders from Mars. We've had 2008's Cloverfield, 2009's Knowing. 2010 Skyline and 2013's Dark Skies. Now, obviously, you 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 give it you give it a theme of downer endings. But in terms of in terms of the five you've chosen, what would you is do you think there's there's any other glue that holds them together? Any any other trends that you you spot when you when from this conversation or from thoughts you've had about those five? Um, I think out of except for the dark skies hmm. um well they all have something to do with aliens <laughs> yeah 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 alien invasion in some way um but it also so familiar um because i i've i have watched um some some older films from the 50s and they kind of relate to that it's like telling the story again at a different time yeah 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 and it, they all have something to do with invasion and you can't do anything about it. Like you just going to have to accept what it is and that's it. That we are, um, we're not superior in any way. There's something out there that can take us down if they want. We're positively to. insignificant, aren't we? In the, <laughs> in the universe. Let's remind people. <laughs> How they can uh, they can find you elsewhere on the interwebs? What else? Where can they find your blogs and your videos and your live streams and stuff? Um, they could find me. Um, it's horror movies and beyond. They can find me on YouTube. You could type that, and that I would come up. You mm -hmm. can also um, on I'm on Twitter and Instagram a lot. So Twitter is H Movies Beyond, and Instagram is Horror Movies and Beyond. And uh, I do live stream uh interviews and stuff like that on a case-to-case -case basis yeah, yeah, <laughs> of yeah, yeah. Time. i have a normal job you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but definitely you can um updates and fun things and inspirational you know messages i try to do through horror <laughs> on twitter and instagram so. 
Michael. Well, look, I'm going to say thank you very much for giving me your time on the Britflix podcast. Thank you so much for this. Was fun. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.